Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to the WWE Podcast. Thank you for joining me and taking your time out of your holiday weekend to join us here and listen to a little bit of wrestling. This is your week in review, and tonight we're going to discuss everything that happened this week in WWE with all of the good, all of the bad, and all of the embarrassing. Let's get it all started right after this. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured, uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So... Check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitaliBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitali Boost's health guide at VitaliBoost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitali Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to vitaliboost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's vitaliboost.com, V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. This is my idol. You're going to acknowledge me. Welcome, everybody, to the WWE Podcast. Hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas if you celebrated it, or if you didn't, well, then I hope you had a nice weekend. And we are now on to something that all of us will recognize, even if you don't celebrate it, and that's the new year. And we are about to plunge into 2022 in just about a week, and can't believe it, right? And uh, that is, it's just 
so crazy how quickly the years go now. The days are long and the years are fast. There's nothing more true than that. And we are going to be on Saturday enjoying ourselves a day one pay-per-view event. So gear up, strap in. It's going to be a wild ride, I think, for day one that's going to set the tone for 2022 for WWE. And we are under 100 days now till WrestleMania. We also have the Royal Rumble, of course, right around the corner as well. So right when you get past Christmas, it's all hands on deck. WWE really ramps things up. And yes, we got a kind of lackluster, I think, uh, week in WWE when it comes to shows. And that's to be expected with the Christmas week. I have been very positive about WWE and their, uh, their, their shows as a whole over the last month because of December typically being a down month. But now they've really kind of settled into, okay, this, this SmackDown, especially SmackDown was a bit of a kind of a, a hold me over show and no shortage of embarrassment either on SmackDown. Not that the show was a complete bomb, but I think we know where we're, or at least if you've listened to the show before, you know where I'm going to go with that. You know exactly where we're going with uh, the embarrassing part of what I've put in the title of this show. So we'll get to that. We'll get to some of the good, of course. It wasn't all bad, and it was a very wrestling-heavy show on SmackDown. That's good. You know, Monday Night Raw, of course, I did a full Monday Night Raw review. That was released last Tuesday, and really was, um, I, I think overshadowed by the alliance of KO and Seth Rollins. We'll see if that continues to take hold or disintegrates. We'll see. Of course, we'll know a lot more after the day one pay-per-view on, what is it, Saturday, right? Weird. Weird that it's on Saturday. Now, I wonder if I'm going to like it better on a Saturday. You know, because Sunday, everyone's already geared up for the work week, and, you know, it's kind of just... A, a one of those things where it's like, oh, well, at least there's wrestling, but I got to go to work tomorrow, so I don't want to stay up too late. Now it's on a Saturday, so I'm, I'm interested to see how I feel about that. Now, we've had WrestleMania on Saturday, of course, with part one and part two on Sunday, and now it seems as if that is a permanent structure or a permanent format for WrestleMania. I like that. And now I, I do wonder, as a standalone pay-per-view, how we're all going to feel about Saturday night as a, a pay-per-view night. You know, perhaps this is something that they move going forward if there's overwhelming positive reviews for it. But uh, speaking of things that don't have a lot of positive reviews, look, I'm not here to talk about movies. I'm really not, as I'm just about to talk about one very, very quickly. I I know this is all about wrestling, but as a wrestling fan, I do find that a lot of you have similar interest in movies and TV shows that I do, and sports for that matter. And uh, if anybody has seen Matrix Resurrections, um. Uh, now, I'm not going to spoil anything, okay? it's I, I want to come on here and talk in detail about things. Maybe I'll create a separate show about that if people really want to hear my thoughts on Matrix Resurrections in detail. But if you haven't seen it, and I'll just say this, if you're a fan of the first one especially, the first one we all know is the best, second one was oh, good to okay, and then the third one most people generally feel is a bit a disappointment. After watching Resurrections, I can tell you that you will look at the third movie and go, man, I long for those days. Um, I, I, I just... I feel like it was, it didn't feel like the matrix and, uh, it, um, it was a bit disappointing, at least for me. And now a lot of critics felt it was nice, felt it was a, a good story. It was a, it was a, it was a good ride. Um, I differ. <laughs> I differ. I didn't think it was the worst movie in the world. I've certainly seen worse, but if you're a fan of the matrix and you expect it to feel like the matrix and be easy to understand and follow, uh, you may want to put your thinking cap on for this one and uh, settle in for a two and a half hour kind of confusion and 
it's about everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> I'll, I'll just leave it at that. So I'm not spoiling anything. I'm talking in very general high terms. Uh, but uh, anyway, so if you'd like to have me do a show specifically on Matrix Resurrection, Resurrections, that'd be fun. I've never really reviewed a movie before. I'm not a cinephile by any stretch. But okay, before some of you complain, this is a wrestling podcast. What are you talking about movies for? Let's move on. Uh, and I'll move on by uh, also shamelessly plugging my 99 cent sale that uh, could be coming to a close very shortly. At least it'll be going on through the end of the year. And then beyond that, I may close it down. 99 cents will get you ad free on Apple podcasts. You just click on the ad free button. It's on our homepage. It gets you ad free for a, an entire month, 99 cents or the entire year for under $10. It's two months for free and it locks in your price. So Consider doing that. It, this this sale is going to be coming to a close very shortly. So head on over to Apple Podcasts or on Patreon. A dollar on Patreon gets you ad free, everything, and a bunch of other a, a bunch of other perks. Uh, one last thing. Obviously, you hear I'm not with a co-host again tonight. Uh, you, you guys know the reason. Just family life, sleep schedules for kids, impossible. That's <laughs> all I have to say about that. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll find a schedule shortly and I'll, I'll keep you updated on that. But as far as a co-host with the what if segment that I do with Anthony DeMarco on Mondays, I may continue to pump out some old wrestling nostalgia shows that you didn't get to hear, uh, or maybe have forgotten about in the years past. I've done a lot of wrestling nostalgia shows, probably over a hundred of them. So I'll in, in its place, I will likely be pumping out the old wrestling nostalgia shows that um, you guys love. And I haven't done a wrestling nostalgia in quite some time, but that's probably what I'll do. Okay, let's get into WWE and this week. And let's um, let's start with Charlotte Flair and Tony Storm. Now, again, Michael Ritter had an abbreviated version of SmackDown. I, I really appreciate Michael Ritter, who has just does such a great job, and follow his other show, by the way, at Football Function. No better time with the playoffs coming around right now with NFL. Go follow Michael Ritter's Football Function podcast. But he did an abbreviated review for SmackDown given the holiday this week. Still really good. And I I tend to I do agree with a lot, most of what he said. And, you know, I have to say the uh, Tony Storm and Charlotte Flair matchup. I originally came on, uh, came away with it saying, OK, cool. You know, like th- this was a decent match. And then I started reading other people's reviews. And I, I was especially in CBS Sports had a, a gave it a C rating. Other people gave it kind of a flat rating. And I understand why. You know, and it did skew my view of it a little bit because I'm easily impressionable and I don't come up with original thoughts. Everything I come up with is other people's thoughts. And then I regurgitate them as my own and hope you guys believe it. But what the deal is for most people, the the reason that most people feel that it was a kind of a flat match is that Tony Storm didn't get a sustained offense and that it was also ended in a roll up, which at this point, I mean, is anybody shocked that a big matchup ends in a roll up? The answer is no. But th- that's generally the the perception among the the big reviewing websites and among fans that they thought the match was okay, but that it lacked a bit more of what Tony Storm is capable of. And furthermore, what this matchup means to Tony Storm. You know, we, we didn't get to really hear from Tony Storm much, and they were too busy throwing pies in each other's faces to talk. Uh, you know, when anytime you add pie, which is just a, when I say pie by WWE standards, it's essentially just a a tin foil container with whipped cream. There's no actual pie to it because pie, I think, is uh, overstating it. But they threw pies at one another, 
and it it just it that's and that's where it got stupid. And uh, yeah, on top of that, that Tony Storm was really just um kind of the deer in the headlights look. You know, for somebody that was we told were told was tra- traveling the world, right? She trained in Japan. She trained overseas and, you know, in the UK. And she grew up in New Zealand or, or she was born in New Zealand, but grew up in Australia. She's basically a world traveled, grizzled veteran. That's what we're told. And that she gets to WWE and she is a deer in the headlights, fangirling everywhere, uh, just kind of lacking confidence at times. And they even push that narrative during the match, whereas Tony Storm did get a little bit of offense that you had, I think it was Pat McAfee, say that, uh, you know, this, with each passing offensive maneuver, Tony Storm gains confidence that she could win. Well, she should believe she could win if you just told me that she was she has basically traveled the world and is a hybrid style. So, again, this is not some doe-eyed NXT call-up oh, you know, two weeks into the job. I understand the narrative they're pushing, but they're very contrasting narratives when you tell me one thing and then also are trying to tell me basically the complete opposite on the other end during the match. Yeah, she's a world-traveled grizzled veteran. She's taken some of the best things from every style that she's learned, and she's morphed them into this hybrid style. Oh, but by the way, yeah, she's she's lacking confidence in this match. Now, they didn't say that outright, literally, but that's the impression you get, that she's a complete underdog. So it's it's very confusing. And I think Tony Storm is, she's not in a terrible place. She's just in a weird place where she's, an, again, another blonde on the show. And Vince loves his blondes. But right now, people, the women, and they felt, they, they've not felt that way, but they have shown that they know they need to differentiate themselves from the typical blonde. You have pink hair. You have blue hair. You've had uh, red hair. You've had, I mean, you go across the board. Every, the, the colors of the rainbow have visited the heads of women over the years to differentiate themselves. And that's good. You you want to for marketing, differentiation, uh, get notice, all that. You know, and Tony Storm again is kind of a secondary blonde to Charlotte, who is the alpha female of of the uh the women's division, period. I don't care just SmackDown, like just period. So she's kind of competing with another blonde and she is another just another pretty blonde. If you don't know who Tony Storm is, right? Like if you if you went into this match not knowing who the hell Tony Storm was, have zero background on her, don't know her credentials, don't know anything that she's done, and you just came in blind, you would look at this and say, "Oh yeah, she, she's a pretty girl. Uh, Charlotte's also you know a taller, pretty woman, and uh, they they kind of look similar, and uh, looks like uh, Tony Storm is the underdog. Like I mean that that's the blind perspective. So I, I don't know where the hell I was going with this." My point is that Tony Storm, I think, has been mis, I guess, mischaracterized to the public. I think that she needs to be showing a bit of an edge and not just this kind of doe-eyed, happy to be here, throwing pies, also standing there like a you know somebody who just got when when Charlotte hit her with the pies, she's standing there like she's in a high school cafeteria, humiliated when, when like the uh, you know the high school bullies come up and. I don't know, throw chocolate pudding on her or something. Just This whole thing was just bizarre. And then the matchup, which again, I didn't get any pre-match interview that I'm aware of. Any kind of emotional investment that Tony has that I'm supposed to suddenly have that she doesn't. It was just, it was not good. The match was okay. Again, I understand the criticisms. 
I understand the criticisms. I guess I'm a little bit a little bit higher on the match itself, the physical part of this, because Tony Storm is so good in the ring. And obviously, Charlotte Flair is probably the best in the ring. I know that'll uh, stir up some controversy, but she is. Um, you know, she may not be able to do all of the fancy maneuvers that Tony Storm can do. But to me, that's secondary to ring psychology, timing, uh, and understanding the moves that, and being able to tell a story and not just doing moves to do moves, but doing them in a in order that makes sense for the story you're trying to tell. So I think Charlotte more than has the edge there, even though she can't do all the fancy moves Tony can. And so Tony though has uh, she has a obviously she's a pretty girl. She can do things in the ring that a lot of women can't. She's insanely athletic. She does have a nice voice on her promo uh, style is okay, and. I mean, she's certainly not super damaged on this. Losing via a roll-up, I think, is... Um, it, it unfortunately comes with the territory now. There are There's no situation in which WWE will exempt the roll-up from happening. I think the only point at this... Uh, the only thing at this point, the only matchup at this point that they have not touched, and I don't want to put this out there in the ether, but that's the, the main event of WrestleMania. I mean... Imagine them doing a roll-up finish for the main event of WrestleMania. Now, I, I know that that's, you know, in most people's mind, oh, they'll never do that. That's the main event. That's the, the biggest match of the entire year. It's the closing match of WrestleMania. It doesn't get any bigger. Again, I see no evidence to the contrary that they wouldn't do it. Because just when you think they won't pull a roll-up out of their sleeve for a big-time matchup, they do it. Pay-per-view main events, they've done them. The only pay-per-view main event they seemingly haven't done it for is WrestleMania. So it's right now the only place that it hasn't attacked yet. And at least to my knowledge. So look out there. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, let's move on here. I'll, I'll just say this, Tony Storm and, and Charlotte, it seems as if that's over. And uh, she lost cleanly to Charlotte via a roll-up because WWE creative is too cowardly to have anybody seemingly get a clean finish more often than not, not all the time, but more often than not. It's a cowardly way of booking because it gives the heel and or baby face, depending on who's on each side, a, a, uh, an out. Because a roll-up, even though they've done it a million times, it still is viewed as kind of a a slip of the hand, right? It's kind of like, it's a victory, but it's not really a clean victory where they hit their finish and made you tap or, or pinned you. So there is that kind of like quasi, yeah, you got the win, but did you really get the win that was a satisfying, definitive win, you know? And it's really unfortunate. It's so unfortunate. But that's the message here is that, yeah, Tony got pinned, but it was it was a roll-up, and, you know, there's an out there. So it's not like that she tapped to the figure eight. So that that's the bit of protection provided by WWE to Tony Storm, so... Okay, let, let's move on. Nobody expected Tony Storm to win there. Nobody, nobody would have. Okay, and Tony Storm was not meant to win the championship. She's not even close to ready. Uh, at least from a character perspective, crowd support, it's not there. It's not there. So, um, all right, well, let's let's move on here to something else that I can rant about and get some negative reviews about the show, talking about how negative we are. But I call it like I see it. So if the if these comments garner negative reviews so be it i don't care i'm not gonna i'm not gonna cater to those that think this is gonna be a positive show just to be a positive show and you think too much i don't care okay maybe that speaks to your lack of thinking maybe your lack of critical thinking that you just accept these broad strokes of stories and you you have no 
uh, you have no need or want to have a complete story told to you. And all right. Well, now that I've insulted a small portion of my audience, <laughs> I'm feeling a fire tonight, guys. I don't know what the problem is. Um, let's move on to something else here. And that's Drew McIntyre and New Day. If someone says Drew Day to me, uh, I mean, th- th- that is, that's awful. Um, and I, look, everybody knows, and most of you do too. Most of you, I think, feel somewhat similar. Maybe that's not to the same degree I do. But that New Day is beyond overplayed, overdone, overcooked, expired. Their shelf life, use your analogy, pick your analogy. They are just god awful. And on top of that, they're expired. For many years, they've been expired. Now, you add Drew McIntyre, a guy that has been on the rebuild, has been in a program with uh, Mad Cat Moss and Baron Corbin. And, they, you know, I, I've actually been, while it's hokey to see them try to pull swords out of tables and stuff, they're two guys that are fun to watch get beat up. So they have, like, kind of that mild heat that it's still fun to watch them get their butts kicked, and that's fine. And Drew has been in this kind of hold-me-over program style, um, structure for quite a while. And in this instance here, we now have a, uh, what, what do they call it? A miracle on 34th street fight. It, it closed the show. Here's the thing. One thing I won't rant about. I actually am starting to get a little bit uh, sentimental to, or rather accepting of sentimental is too strong, accepting of their miracle on 34th street fight at least because they have been consistent in doing this on every Christmas show of SmackDown or Raw, and I understand it. But here's where they they go off the rails for me. When they start, when wrestlers start selling things that shouldn't be sold at all, like cookies being slammed in your head, okay? Cookies, and they took a, a bump like they had just been hit with a steel chair. Mad Cat Moss taking a bump from an empty box. Anybody catch that? Mad Cat Moss at the end of the match, I think Kofi threw a empty box, which are they're always empty presents. I mean, who spends time here at WWE? Or maybe they just bring them in and pay for them somehow. Empty boxes that are, I mean, they are the flimsiest cardboard fake presents you've ever seen. And you have, I think, Kofi who, who threw it at Mad Cat Moss and Mad Cat Moss sold it like he had just been shot from the back. <laughs> I mean, it looked ridiculous. It looked so ridiculous. I, I, I wanted to laugh, but the embarrassment came before the laughter, and therefore it overpowered it. And I, I just sat there and shook my head inside. And you know, beyond that, you know, it, it is fun to see Drew kick Mad Cat Moss in the head. That's fine, and get the victory as he should. So there is that. Drew didn't lose this matchup, nor is this matchup designed for heels to win. It's not. It's a gimmick one time off once a year matchup. So the, typically the baby faces win. It's a feel good moment. It ends the show. And uh, Drew McIntyre, though, participating with New Day is the worst. I mean, Drew, I'll say he does have kind of that fun loving personality at times. He does show it in his promo. So it's not completely out of character. Like it, it would be totally implausible. He would do this. But when he's participating with the New Day shenanigans, like they're a bunch of 14-year-old boys at a playground, you know, uh, that, you know, Xavier's backstage with his crown and Kofi Kingston, who is one of the worst personalities on any TV show I've ever seen across the board, not just in pro wrestling, just uh, uh, like, you know, just just period. 
he's one of the worst, uh, you know, and you have Drew in there laughing with them. He just, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, I, I'm going to give Drew a pass because he's a baby face, they're baby faces, and everyone just seemingly just goes along with the New Day's nonsense if you're a baby face. Like, if you're a baby face, like, you, you don't even question them acting like 14-year-old boys. You just go with it. And it's it's ridiculous. You had Madcap or not Madcap Moss. You had Rick Boogs last week kissing the ring of Xavier, and they're they're like all hail the king or something. It's just like what what are we doing? What is everybody just being sacrificed at the altar of the New Day's sophomore antics? And this matchup didn't get any better, of course, as we know. It ended up with eggnog on somebody's head. You know, we had uh, Drew actually participate in the eggnogging of. Mad Cat Moss and Baron Corbin, and I mean it just it's it's stuff it's terrible stuff. I mean people get thrown through boxes that are empty. Uh, people using Christmas trees as weapons. It's just I don't know. While I said I'm warming up to the matchup, it I guess from a a sentimental poor part of this is like oh it's Christmas so it's like a feel good time it's Christmas. That's I mean maybe where I mean by sentimental and a think that the matchup itself is just embarrassing it's like having a fourth of july food fight that vince likes to have nearly every year not every year but backstage everyone's just like eating and suddenly there's this food fight because you know it's coming and vince has the mental equivalency of at least from a um from a sense of humor standpoint i'm seriously like a middle school kid and it just has not grown and while his the rest of his body has aged that part of his brain in the frontal lobe just froze in time and it just has not moved and finds the hilarity uh, you know in in um in food being thrown at people's faces and ketchup on people's faces and feels there's an audience for that where who i want to talk to these people that are knee slapping about this kind of stuff where is this and who are these people they don't exist all right, let's get into something maybe I can sink my teeth into, no pun intended, and something that's actually worth talking about. And easily the best segment of the show was only a three-minute segment. And that was with Caleb Braxton and Paul Heyman. This started off the show. And here's what uh, the Bleacher what the <laughs> what Bleacher Report says about it. A video package recapping recapping the firing of Paul Heyman by Universal Champion Roman Reigns last week kicked off the show. From there, cameras caught up with Paul, who sat across from Kayla. When asked if he regrets telling the tribal chief a week ago, he said no, explaining that it was his role to tell him the difficult truths. Heyman said he would not be going to NXT, cherry-picking a new talent and starting over. Heyman said that he put everything into being the special counsel for the head of the table. Without that, maybe it's time for me to acknowledge that my career is most likely over. So... This was just so good. I mean, it has been rowlingly critically acclaimed across the internet. I have not heard anybody say one bad thing about this. And, you know, so I'm kind of jumping on the pile here. This isn't going to be an original thought of any kind. So, uh, but that said, let me put my own little spit on it and give you my opinion. This is, I mean, Paul Heyman has been consistently one of the best personalities on TV and for pro wrestling anyway, for many years. His promos are second to none. And if this guy was an actual performer, he would be a Hall of Fame performer. Now, of course, he's already a Hall of Famer in his own right as a manager or advocate or uh, special counsel or whatever he wants to label himself as, really all, all under the same umbrella of wrestling manager. Whatever he wants to be, he's still a Hall of Famer. He's a, he's a living Hall of Famer right now. 
But imagine if he was actually a performer, a wrestler. God, don't don't let me use corporate speak again, guys. Slap my hand. If he was an actual wrestler, imagine what he could accomplish in promos. Oh, my God. (laughs) And so anyway, this was, of course, masterful on so many levels, not just the way he delivered the look in his eye, the unshaven kind of gray look, the way he sipped his water shaking a little bit. And he knows it's the little things. He knows it's the little things that make it believable, that add that extra element, that aren't spoken, that aren't acknowledged, no pun intended, but are there for your brain to use to enhance its realism. And he knows exactly what he's doing here, and it's great stuff. And so getting back to the context of what he said to Kayla, he did say that you know his career could be over. Now, there's a lot of ways that this could happen, and I guess that's the point. Because Paul Heyman has been rumored, and I have suggested, and many others have, that he's going to just screw over Brock and he's going back to to Roman Reigns, that this has all been a ruse to end up screwing Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. You know, that, that could be the case. That very well could be the case. And I wouldn't put it past Paul Heyman because I don't think he's going to anybody else. He can't go to anybody else. Paul Heyman was an integral part of Roman Reigns' ascent. He wasn't the only, or nor the biggest, but he was an important part of that. Why would they pull one of the most important parts of that story away from this story to have Paul Heyman go do what? Right, Like he said, cherry pick an NXT talent, just randomly decide to pick somebody on the main roster and go, yeah, I'm going to put my support behind this guy or this gal. No, Paul Heyman is staying put in this story one way or the other, whether it's with Brock, whether it's with Roman, whether it's uniting them both, as I've been advocating for, for many, many, many months to go on a epic, legendary run together of tearing up WWE and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Imagine, again, tearing through security. No one can stop them. You know, Trying to find baby faces to go against them. Just mayhem, destruction, power trip to the nth degree. I mean, that has my, been my, my fantasy for a long time. But assuming that there's going to remain opponents, Paul Heyman does have a choice to make because he's not going anywhere else. And ultimately, I think I, I, you, you know, logic would dictate that he ends up with Brock. But you could also see Paul Heyman turning into a, a mega heel, aligning himself with Roman, deepening the hatred for Roman and Paul. Because if Roman is found to be a part of this, where they both knew, and it was Roman's idea to get Brock to believe then Roman will continue to to draw heat for that. And that's a hell of an argument to make. So to me, that's the, that's the most likely scenario is that Paul is with Roman in on this. And this is supposed to be trying to sell us on this idea because Roman's the future, not Brock. So this would benefit Roman more than Brock. That's my thought. But let me know what you guys think. Where's this going with Paul? Do you think he's going to be with Roman? Do you think he's going to be with Brock? You know, there could be a third party to bring in, but who is that third party? Braun Breaker? Who, who is it? I, I don't know. So I'm interested to hear what you guys think, which by the way, great time to do it this week because Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan are hosting the mailbag for this week. The email portion, I'll be doing the calls, but the email portion, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan will be live in studio. (laughs) It's not true, but 
uh, at least the in-studio part, but it sounds like I'm more professional than I am. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, but they are going to be hosting the email portion of the mailbag. So please send in your questions as you normally do on Patreon and or real WWE podcast at gmail.com. Uh, with that said, guys, let's take a bit of a pause for the sponsor and we'll be back with uh, maybe some more rants, maybe something positive. How about that hook for you? All right. Stay right here. We'll be right back. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitaly Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitalyboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitaly Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on JudgeMe. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured, uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So... Check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitalyBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boost's health guide at VitalyBoost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitaly Boost supplements all of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to VitalyBoost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's VitalyBoost.com. V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, let's continue on here with SmackDown. Of course, we'll touch on Raw just a little bit. Uh, and let's get to it because this took up, the honestly, the majority of the show. And that was the 12-man over, well, not over the top rope, 12-man gauntlet matchup that was really supposed to be a play on the 12 days of Christmas. So this essentially took up, you know, I felt like 45 minutes to an hour of the show. The winner of this match would receive an intercontinental championship match. It's always funny now that they, when they do these number one contenders matches 
and they have to find somebody to go against that next challenger, no matter what the championship is, that they don't tell you when it's going to happen anymore. Because typically, in in wrestling's past, WWE's past, they used to say, well, you know, uh, at the next pay-per-view event or day one, whatever, the Royal Rumble. Now they don't even tell you because they want that open flexibility. They want to leave it open so that if they want to blow it on free TV, they can. And they have been. Instead of committing themselves to a, uh, a pay-per-view event only for championship matches. Which, again, in my mind, it should be. But we're in different times. I know that. Uh, so this was, again, a huge, long matchup. And it did end up with Sami Zayn getting the victory. Now, Sami Zayn getting the victory was, of course, most people's predictions and mine. And I think it's the right one. But to me, the one standout here, Ricochet. I mean, not just not his moves. Okay. I want to get away from Ricochet as this kind of firework character where it's superficial because most of us watch Ricochet to get a quick look at how what crazy moves he can do this week. It, that's extremely superficial. You don't get emotionally invested in maneuvers. You get emotionally invested in characters, in someone's personality, in what they believe in. Can you relate to what they want to do, what they are, who they are? You know, that is what draws money, not this insane list of maneuvers that he can pull off, which are in- incredibly inhuman. And I understand that. And I appreciate that. And I, I do respect that. I also, number one, not only feel that it's not an emotional connection, that it's just kind of a, a one-off. It'll get a reaction from the crowd, but it's a reaction that is just, whoa, well, look at that move. It's not, oh my God, I hope this person wins. They are so cool. I feel, you know, I want to purchase their merchandise. I can get behind them. I can relate to them. No, 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 no. That's not what Ricochet has done, at least to this point. Number two, I worry about his long-term health, his longevity, his durability with the maneuvers that he does. He's all, he's a human being. He's flesh and blood. So I'd be very concerned about his shelf life with all these maneuvers he's doing. I mean, he is taking many, many months off of his career with all of his, the way he's, he, he uh, wrestles. His style is, I think, detrimental to the longevity of his character. I do. So I know that that's his thing, and that's what defines Ricochet right now is his maneuvers. Uh, he better find a different way to entertain, and probably sooner than later before he ends up, not saying he's going to hurt himself seriously or, or an opponent, but you can't deny that that style does heighten the risk. And if it doesn't end up with serious injury, it wears and tears on the body at a much faster pace than it does with the typical quote-unquote wrestling style. So... I know that's what defines him, and that's his differentiator. I get it, marketing understood, but I, I would, if I were Ricochet, or you know, uh, if I were a WWE, I'd maybe say, "Hey, tone it down a bit. We'll give you some character development. That comes for free. You don't have to throw your body at the ground for character development. That can happen on the microphone. You just have to move your lips." So, uh, that said, Ricochet was a standout, though. I mean, he did make you excited because you th- you thought maybe he could pull it off. You know, he did beat several uh, stars, including Sheamus. And uh, so, so that was, that was good. I, I really do think that that was, this was a standout match while Sammy won. What most people are talking about right now, geez, I can't talk tonight, guys. I'm half awake. Uh, what people are really talking about is Ricochet and his performance. And he made that match worth watching. It was a long one, very long. 
I, I assume they didn't want to do an over-the-top row battle royal because we're too close to the Royal Rumble that they didn't want to have a similar style and then also have a pay-per-view in a month that was you know, it's also very similar to the to a battle royal, uh, which is, of course, the Royal Rumble. The other thing is they probably needed a bunch of time to burn. And it's a holiday show. They know it's kind of a throw a throwaway show. They wanted a ton of time torched. And what better way to do it than have a Christmas-themed 12-man match? So I, I'm not blaming them for that. I totally get that, you know, because that's that's a great way to kill time and also just have wrestling on a wrestling show. You know, the, the one thing that a lot of us complain we don't have enough of on a wrestling show, and they gave it to us. So there is that. Now, Seamus, one thing I'll say here, too, um, the way now, not Seamus, but rather the way WWE has booked a certain individual in Drew Gulak is shameful. And I say that because there was some promise with Drew and then Daniel Bryan when they had their run. And I'm surprised that uh, Drew Gulak has not gotten future endeavored. I will say whenever they have the, their next round, there is no way Drew Gulak survives. There's no way. I didn't, didn't he already get fired once and they brought him back? And the reason I say that is the way that they booked him obviously here is not not helping the case, not helping his cause of Seamus just instantly giving him the brogue kick and goodnight the lights saying he survived five seconds in the matchup. A guy that is one of the best pure wrestlers WWE has, period. Uh, kind of a reincarnation of Daniel Bryan, although albeit a little bit younger. It was a bit disrespectful to do that to him. And it continues to define him in his position of irrelevant until needed as a sacrificial lamb for the stars that they're actually going to push. And it's unfortunate. Um, and I also believe that it won't be long if they keep him around that he's going to drop the Drew and just go with Gulak. And that does, first of all, Gulak is not a cool name. It's not, it's not an endearing name. It's kind of a, I don't, it's not dorky. It's just not an intimidating name. Gulak sounds like goulash. Sounds like it sounds like some kind of food, doesn't it? It's not a good name, and you can't stick with Drew. Obviously, with Drew McIntyre floating around on the same brand, so I wouldn't be surprised if he goes under undergoes a character change, a big one, or his future endeavored, or he drops one of the two names, probably the Drew, and he goes just Gulak. But I don't know. So again, if they drop the Drew thing, they're emphasizing his last name, which they can't love. They can't. Gulak is not a fun name or an intimidating name to say. So, uh, but anyway, I was disappointed about that, and not that he got a big crowd reaction or I come on here, you know, I'm his biggest cheerleader or anything like that. But it's disrespectful, and there's more to Drew Gulak than what we got on SmackDown for him to travel and be away from his family to go in and take one bump and leave. Not good, not good. So, Sami Zayn does win. And he and he is going to face Shinsuke Nakamura for the Intercontinental Championship, and I really hope Sammy wins because they're doing, as we all know, uh, less than nothing with Shinsuke as the Intercontinental Champion. I mean, seriously, nothing. So that'll be good. Uh, now, Rick Boogs played Shinsuke Nakamura to the stage at the beginning, and boy, fans are really starting to take the Rick Boogs. Yeah, they are really. I mean, when he says, "My name is Rick." And they all say booze before he says his name. Yeah, that's catching on. Uh, and they also scream with him when he introduces Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm not even going to attempt to get that high of a tone or a note. It's not going to happen. My voice. It will be embarrassing. Okay, you you will feel secondhand embarrassment listening to this if I attempted the note that uh, that Rick Boogs does. 
But uh, Rick, Rick is really catching on. He is really catching on. And in ring, we don't get to see him a whole lot in ring. I think he's okay in ring. O- o- okay to decent from everything I've seen. He doesn't blow me away. He's just, he's just, he's good. He's fine. And uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is, boy, you talk about an afterthought. A guy that hasn't been on the microphone in about six months. What has Shinsuke Nakamura, Nakamura even said over the last six months? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know. No speak of English? Hilariously that he said that one time. He said that, not me, obviously. He's, he said that. And it was, to me, one of the funniest lines he's ever said. And, uh, okay, moving on. Zia Lee called out Natalia, challenging her to a match and assuring she has no fear. So Zia Lee says she's the protector of those who are weaker, uh, apparently vulnerable, as she said. So Zia Lee versus Natalia is coming. Apparently there's no, at least not yet, any um, backlash for Zia Lee helping out Naomi a couple of weeks ago. And also there's no follow-up either to Naomi and Sonya Deville. Again, I'm not I'm not ranting about that or complaining because it's a Christmas Eve show, right? We know you're gonna get bare bones show. You know you're gonna get the you know the bare minimum of the show, and that's to be expected. Uh, so they did put that storyline on hold. No Roman Reigns on SmackDown. That hurts the show, but it's understood, and it's also fun when Roman's on on every show because boy, when he's on there, he feels special as hell. He already is, but when he's not there and then he shows up a week or two later, it's gold. And you pay attention to everything he says and does. So Zaylee, who's I like her style. I gotta say, Zaylee uh, from you know coming up here is a, uh, translates so far decently. I know she looks like Raiden from Mortal Kombat when she comes out and there's lightning coming out of her hands. At least when you're sitting at home. Um, but when you're when you're in person, it's just it's invisible. It's there, guys. If you're in person, the lightning is invisible to you. It's there though. It's there. She's actually shooting out lightning, but the camera is able to pick it up. Uh, you're just not able to see it, but I promise you it's there. Um, all right. New Day. Oh, I already had the New Day and McIntyre. They shared a laugh at the expense of their opponents. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, well, I don't know who's laughing in that. Uh, it wasn't me, nor most of the people in, in attendance or at home. Uh, but I think I covered SmackDown, generally. I think I generally covered SmackDown. Um now, on to a Monday Night Raw. Again, I think the biggest takeaway from this was the Seth Rollins and KO uh, alliance. I think that really is what sold this show, at least coming away from it. They ended up tearing up Lashley and making him pay at a hefty price at the end of that match on Monday Night Raw and Big E, of course. So... I think you're going to have a rematch maybe this week. And we also have a big Monday Night Raw coming. I think there's three announced matches. You have Omos versus AJ. I think you have, um, who is it? I was going to say the Raw Women's Championship. I could be wrong on that. But uh, there are there's some two other huge matches happening. I think the United States Championship, I believe. I don't know. Hell, don't listen to me, guys. I don't know what I'm talking about. Head to WWE.com. I'm sure it's on their, their website. But there are some big matches coming for Monday Night Raw this week, which is fun. And I appreciate them making sure that we are hooked for next week. It's often not done. The Another big thing here, and I don't mean to have the pun intended here, but Dewdrop getting the KOD from Bianca Belair. I watched that back a few times. I even tweeted this out. Follow me at, on Twitter, at wrestling underscore audio, by the way. You know, Bianca Belair is 
one of the most intriguing, captivating, impressive women's talent to come across in a decade. I mean, she is the total package. She is uh, excellent in the ring. Excellent in the ring. Uh, she has her strength isn't matched to nearly any woman on the roster. Yeah, she is strong as hell. She's got a presence. Just something about her that that quote unquote it factors there. On the mic, she is improving and continues to improve, and she doesn't stutter. She's very just professional and and uh, eloquent in the way she speaks. She has fan support. Uh, her her theme song is very catchy. You know, she is the, one of the most well-rounded performers. She put on the best match, I believe, of last year's WrestleMania. And that includes the Daniel Bryan, Edge, and Roman Reigns match. Close second, but I think it edged it out, pun intended. So that, to me, I mean, she, right now, Bianca Belair, I know she's in a kind of throwaway matchup or, or program that apparently did end on Monday night. Because once you hit the finish on the on the heel and you get that clean victory, you know, usually the program's over. But Bianca Belair here is, again, in a, in a hold me over to waiting until the uh, the Royal Rumble and then beyond. Because Bianca has a very good shot at winning the Royal Rumble. Many people believe Liv Morgan could be it. Bianca Belair is also a good candidate. Sasha Banks is a good candidate. But we have a month to break down Royal Rumble, so we'll do that as we go on here. Um, let's see what else happened. Finn Balor defeated Austin Theory. Austin Theory, as you remember on Raw, lost clean to Finn Balor. That was surprising to me, but a huge victory for Finn. And then he got his heat back. Austin did by attacking Finn again, backstage hitting the selfie thing. And then trying to impress Mr. McMahon, like he's a softball coach or something. Um, and Vince wasn't, wasn't impressed. And he gave Austin theory one more chance next week, basically saying if he loses to Finn, he's fired. I don't understand any of this, why it's relevant, why we're supposed to care. I don't get it. Uh, but AJ also, again, was attacked by Omas on the show. That leads to this match this week. I have outlined that and talked about it at length, really, on the mailbag. If you'd like to go listen to that on the uh, mailbag on Wednesday night, I posted it. Uh, let's see here. Randy Orton defeated Chad Gable via pinfall. Oh, that's the other big matchup now that I remember. Randy Orton versus Otis is coming this Monday night. And I'm really excited for that one uh, because Randy has tried four times. Four times to try to hit an RKO, including the week before, not just this week. So a total of four times to hit an RKO on Otis, and he has been unable to do so. It's intriguing to me. Randy Orton does not have it blocked more than once. So that's going to be a fun thing to watch. And when he presumably hits it, does Otis no sell it? Does he get up? Does he does he kick out? Does, what happens? And really for AJ Styles and Omos, can Omos actually take a finish? He's He has yet to take an actual finish of any kind. But I will say, a phenomenal forearm is one of the easiest finishes to take ever because he probably won't leave his feet when he takes it. Uh, and, and it's just a forearm. I mean, it's, it's one of the simplest things you can sell. You don't have to do any fancy footwork. So I think he finally will be hit with a finish. Omas, that is. but uh, And then probably just plow through AJ. So Randy Orton defeated Chad Gable. Dolph Ziggler defeated Damian Priest via countout. Miz attacked Edge as it was a setup, even though and I, I remember ranting about this on the show. Edge knew it was coming and still was laying on his back, which is not a good thing for a baby face to do. When you know it's coming, still coming, and you still get fooled, 
I mean, that's on you. That's uncreative. Bad job. Bad job. And, and I mean, not that this is a bad segment, but it made Edge look kind of like a fool. Rhea Ripley defeated Queen Zelina via pinfall after hitting Riptide. Clean victory there. And then uh, Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan traded verbal barbs after Morgan had attacked Lynch at a recent training session. And Morgan vowed to start 2022 by becoming Raw Women's Champion as they're going to face each other at day one. So I think that wraps up our week in review. Again, a huge Monday Night Raw coming. And we're about to shift it into WrestleMania gear, guys. I mean, we're in the WrestleMania vehicle. Everybody pile in. We're about to head on that road because as we shift past the holidays, we are officially on the road to WrestleMania. Um, I will say that after day one. I know that people's, you know, WWE won't acknowledge it until actual Royal Rumble at the event uh, itself. When they open the show, they always say it. The second the calendar turns to January, you're on the road to WrestleMania, period, end of subject. So, everybody, thank you so much. Again, consider going ad-free. Sale isn't going to last long on Apple Podcasts and lock in your price now. It will not change. If I change the price, you will be locked in. Uh, So consider $0.99 a month ad-free there or on Patreon as well. And uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Again, throw your emails my way because Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan on Wednesday night are going to be answering them on their portion of the mailbag. I'll be doing the voicemail. So everybody, thank you so much. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed their their Christmas and we're on to the new year. As always, take care. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people 
reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to vitaliboost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boost's health guide at vitaliboost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitaly Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to vitaliboost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's vitaliboost.com, V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com.